Hello and welcome to Deadline Day, the Football Masterminds Transfer Review Show, where we're going to be breaking down all the latest rumors and done deals in the month of January. Joining me, as always, is Declan DeBop. Hello. And Declan, what a month of January it has been. Full of rumors, and let's get started talking about Eden Hazard. He's still, he's still Galactico in name only, and he's actually already declined the move to Newcastle in the Premier League, and it doesn't look like... Uh, it doesn't look like Real Madrid is going to be able to shift his wages in time. Can you see any way, any team, maybe China, that comes in for Eden Hazard? You know, I, th- I think that there's still a player uh, there in Eden Hazard's legs. It's been a, a long couple seasons for him, and he's been vilified by the Spanish media. So I don't know. He's getting up there in age. But, uh, you know, Eden Hazard is class. Uh, we saw him at Chelsea, I I'd like to see him get a fresh start somewhere else because sometimes that's what uh, these players need. But he can't stay too much longer. And, you know, he's rejecting Newcastle. I don't quite know why. I think that a return to the Premier League might do him uh, a world of good. And especially on a team that can be crafted in an image to support him would have been would have been wise. Um, I don't know. How hilarious would it be if he goes from being bought for over 100 million to a team that could potentially get relegated? If he gets relegated with Newcastle, that could be a career death blow. I don't know if he can come back from that. But looking actually potentially at the Premier League, with clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Man City coming in for Erling Haaland, who do you think is going to land the Norwegian striker signature? Well, I think when you look at the, the list of teams you just read, one of those teams is not like the other, and that's Barcelona. I, there's no chance that Erling Haaland is is going to Barcelona. Every pundit has said so. You know, if Real Madrid do go through with the sign of Kylian Mbappe, like all the rumors are suggesting, like I get most, uh, most journalists are pointing to, I think that that really only leaves a few options for him. And I mean, he's already said that he's not going to Tottenham <laughs> to his good buddy, Tom Holland. He's already said that he doesn't want to go to Newcastle. I think that Manchester City might be the fit for for Erling Holland, though I think that all of this is is too early to figure out who is going to lay those 80, 80 million pounds down, and it'll be a deal that comes in the summer. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the citizens are the ones flout, flaunting Holland next summer, next season. Well, it's considering that City are front and center, without a doubt, favorites for the title. Without a striker, adding Mbappe just kind of make it unfair, but. He's already turned on Newcastle, but guess which striker did not turn down Newcastle? Chris Wood. He joined the Magpies for $25 million, and he's become the most expensive 30-year-old in Premier League history. Do you think it was good money for a striker who has not been in good form this season? I think it just shows the true purchasing power of Newcastle. We knew they were the richest club in the world um, at time of recording. And to pay £25 million for you know, a striker who can score at this level, he's shown that he can score at this level. They needed a striker. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it a panic buy, but uh, a buy that not only strengthens yourself, but steals from a fellow relegation candidate. It, it makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, it's a cynical world and it's a cynical role to play by Newcastle. But they do have that money for to pay his wages next season to sit on the bench, which is most likely what he'll do or transfer him on but he's also a player who can score at the championship level if you know Newcastle do end up getting relegated so maybe it is a wise bit of spending 
gotta say, I'm kind of hoping Newcastle will get relegated just to see the championship outfit they'll they'll suit up week in and week out. It would just be eleven mercenaries going out there and destroying everybody four 0 But I'm gotta say, I'm not crazy about this deal, considering he hasn't been in the best form for for this season and. Burnley, a squad that has needed a goal score, he hasn't been that. So all of a sudden going to a Newcastle squad with very little creativity to get him the ball. Yes, you yes, you did bring in Kieran Trippi, who can deliver a good set piece. I think you need a bit more than that. For 25 million, you could have done a lot worse. But at 30 years old, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm not ready to face this deal much. I mean, I I per, I present two counter arguments in that Newcastle have an endless pit of money. So it doesn't really matter how much money they spend on players. And two, how much of that was really structural effort that in years past, he's thrived off of limited service. And this year he might not be getting it done, but Burnley look like the worst version of themselves they we've seen in a long time. They, they don't seem like a Premier League outfit. And, you know, I think that argument is there for Newcastle as well. But if things aren't ticking at... Burnley, you'd think that that would also affect Chris Wood. So maybe a fresh start, um, some new energy, a different style, because I think that the, we've seen a real change from, from Newcastle since Eddie Howe has come in um, and tried to revive that squad a little bit, has seen a little bit more creativity, has seen from a wider range of players that they can get the job done. It's no longer just the Alan St. Maximan show there. You know, players like Joel Linton look like they're like they have some new life again. So maybe, maybe you bring Chris Wood in here. He replaces uh, Callum Wilson, who's out for the next eight weeks. Um, so you get that replacement and you just go from there. It's a very different look up front, but I don't think one that necessarily is a bad look either. Well, to be honest, if you look at recent weeks, Newcastle has yet to pick up a win on the Eddie Howe. Drawn the past two matches, lost the previous three. It's not as bad as kind of what Burnley's had to play because They've only played 17 matches a season and have just been rocked with COVID. I think Newcastle need to add just a bit more creativity in the squad. And I definitely think they are not done. As you said, they have endless pit of money. They're going to be spending it. Moving on to another striker that could be on his way to the Premier League, Dusan Vlahovic. Arsenal have stepped up their interests in the Serbian wonder kid, offering £50 million plus Lucas Torreira. And they are expected to uh, to get Aubameyang off the books before any deal is officially confirmed. But let's be honest, Aubameyang on his wages after the couple months of hell on and off the pitch he's had, it doesn't look likely that he's going to be moving on anytime soon from Arsenal. But do you think that Arsenal could potentially get Vlahovic next summer? Because he's a fantastic striker, as we've talked about previously on this podcast. And previously, uh, a couple weeks ago, when we talked about it, when we talked about him, he seemed convinced he was going to Juventus. So, have you loosened on that position at all? I think I have. Um, <laughs> as Arsenal have gotten more and more serious about this player, it seems like no other options have arisen. Um, I think if he does go anywhere this this window, it will be to Arsenal. As reported by our Lord and Savior Fabrizio Romano, long may he live. Uh, it sounds like the holdup in here we go. Is- it's is not between the two clubs, but rather it's between Vlaovic and his agent and their con- convincement of uh, Arsenal's Arsenal's uh, real muster and their intent, their ambition going forward. So 
I think that selling Vlaovic the project of, of Arsenal is, is the next test here. And, you know, I think that we've, we've had a lot of discussions about Arsenal. I'm sure we'll continue to have a lot of discussions about Arsenal. I think that, honestly, they're one of the most interesting clubs in the Premier League, just in terms of pure chaos. They're one of the most chaotic clubs, but look like they're finally on the up once more. Um, you know, Vlaovic might be the next, the next feather in their cap and a good one at that, especially considering the striker situation where next season they won't really have a striker, at least not a recognized one. Martinelli, the only really striker returning to this club is Aubameyang is leaving and Lacazette most likely is moving on as well when his contract expires at the end of the season. So that should be interesting. Yeah, Vlaovic looks like he's one of the next, if not superstars, studs in, in the world of a player who's going to do it at the, at the uh, Champions League level for at least the, not, the next five years. He's, he's young and Arsenal can sign him for only 50 million. It's not a bad bit of business. And especially if he can pry, they can pry him away from the City A without Juve getting their black and white hands all over him. And Dusan Vlahovic isn't the only striker Arsenal looking at right now as they are actually taking a look at the Spaniard-Brazilian Diego Costa who's only played 14 games for, for Atletico Mineiro in Brazil after signing there, saying it was a dream of his to finally play in Brazil. He's terminated his contract. He wants to move back to Europe. And Arsenal have inquired about the 33-year-old as a potential replacement for Aubameyang if his season is done for whatever reason. Now, Costa's production declined pretty drastically uh, in his time at, at Atletico Madrid. Had a few bright spots, but he only had uh, 12 goals in three years at Atletico Madrid, after netting 20 for Chelsea in the season prior to the move when they won the title. And it just seems kind of insane to me that only Arsenal would have finally built a relatively cohesive squad that works well with each other, that has a bunch of young talent that's going together, a ton of positivity around the club. To then want to add a maverick like Diego Costa, who very few players in the world can destabilize a club quite like him, where he comes in and it's just it's chaos that emerges. When you already have a guy like, like Eddie Nketiah, who is another striker on the team, whose contract is expiring at the end of the season, who has said that he does not want to renew his deal at the Emirates, surely giving him playing time in an attempt to convince him to stay, given he's a young striker who's grown at the club, who has promising potential. If you give him playing time, if you show him that you value him, maybe he may stay. Nope, they want to bring in 33-year-old Diego Costa on a six-month deal because Arsenal. Declan, what do you have to say about him? It might just be short-term coverage, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, the decline of Diego Costa has been stark. Um, I think that there's a reason he couldn't find anywhere to go after he terminated his contract with Atletico Madrid. I think that there's a reason why he's playing in Brazil or was playing in Brazil, uh, I guess I should say, uh, playing for Atletico Monero. You know, it's not, it's not to say anything or to disparage the Brazilian league. It's a league of immense quality and one a, a league that brings in talent to to the European leagues on mass but you know this is a guy who you said just a few seasons ago was banging 20 goals a year um, considered one of the game's 
preeminent strikers and now he's looking around sniffing for a job I think that's uh that it really speaks to it you know I really hope that this is just rumor talk because I think it takes Arsenal in the wrong direction I think Vlaovic is the guy they should be chasing Jonathan David is the guy that they should be chasing um and that you know, Diego Costa may be some short-term coverage, but is that really a guy you want to bring in? It has the possibility to completely destabilize the club. It has, has the possibility to ruin all the team chemistry that they've managed to build up this season. And from a neutral's perspective, kind of hope it happens because this Amazon documentary just gets that much more spicier. But for anybody who likes watching football, who likes watching young teams grow together this is just kind of a death <laughs> death blow to uh, to an Arsenal team that although they need players although you can make the argument that there could be a top class striker still left in there in Diego Costa much like Zlatan Ibrahimovic returning to Serie A I do not think Arsenal is the right fit given the the club's history how turbulent the club has been since uh, Arsene Wenger left or even the past couple seasons with Wenger I'm thinking it'll be better for Costa and Arsenal to just part ways and look elsewhere for for replacements but now let's look at someone who could be going to those perfect destination Christian Eriksen to Brentford Eriksen was released from his contract with Inter Milan in the latter stages of 2021, given that he had a cardiac arrest on the pitch during the Euros. Um, There are fears that he would never even be able to play again, but Eriksen seems determined to be able to play again. Another top players like like Daley Blind, who play in top leagues in Europe, uh, already do play with a pacemaker. So it has shown that it is possible, depending on the rules of the league. And Christian Eriksen wants to return to Brentford apparently looking at it on the surface it's actually kind of amazing because uh, Thomas Frank has already coached uh, Ericsson at youth levels in Denmark already and the Bees already have four Danish players on the squad so it seems like a really nice fit as Brentford are, are really just have a, an air about them a really nice club but Declan, are you as happy as I am to see Christian Eriksen possibly returning to the Premier League? Yeah, I think uh, I think especially after the scary moments at the Euros, it's nice to see him still in and around the game. Um, obviously, um, the situation with Inter is complicated because of some of the laws given down by the FICG, um, the Italian Football Association, and their relationship with uh, with heart problems and some of the regulations there. I don't know if this is a move more with an on-field or off-field focus um, if we will see Christian Eriksen back in a football game. But, uh, it's, you know, it's a sh- it's rumored to be a short-term deal. And he's one of those players who seems to have this infectious attitude that surrounds himself. So it would be nice just to see him in and around the league and then around some of his players. And, um, you know, he's, he's not young. He's 29, turning 30. And to have that leadership, for a team that has come up and is having to face some real adversity would be what I think be welcome for Brentford as well. Considering this is a team that, as you said, are just coming up, the newly promoted to the Premier League, to have the opportunity to sign someone of, of that player's quality, like Christian Eriksen, who, lest we forget, prior to the Euros, he was still touted as one of the best tens in the world. Could be a low, could be a low risk, high reward situation for Brentford by signing Christian Eriksen. And I think he'll probably fit perfectly into the squad. Barring the 
possible issues with with their high intensity press. Having someone of his creativity in the midfield pinging balls into into Mbumo and Ivan Tony, that partnership could be amazing. We saw the stuff Ericsson did with Harry Kane in his prime. Imagine kind of what he can do to unlock Tony in that midfield, already being settled in a squad with a manager he he trusts and respects, with pl- with players from his nation who he's played with before at international level. I'm really hoping this deal comes to pass, and I'm really hoping we get to see Christian Eriksen back on the pitch. And that's going to do it for this show. Keep your eye on the Mastermind Side podcast feed for the preview show coming later on this week as we're going to be joined by Everton superfan Mike of the Blue Boys Network to talk about where Everton go now after sacking Rafa. And if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a five-star rating as it really helps grow the show. And thank you for listening.